0: gentlemen welcome back to college football tailgate today is september 6th monday 2021 uh, i'm your host will chambers with me as always tyler Walji, professional better say hello hello producer smitty in the house what's up will he's back we got all three back in the studio he's back he was on assignment he was on assignment yes we yes. sent him out in the field <laughs> and uh he's back yeah. and boys uh we had quite the week one and technically it's not over with we're, as we're recording this we're about an hour and a half from uh, kickoff for the Ole Miss uh, Louisville game, mm-hmm. but boy, what a week one we've had! It was fun. It, it was, was incredible. Fun. I mean, it's back. We're back. It's back. College football is back. We said it like two weeks ago. We said it again this week, and uh, you know, it's back. We're I we went four screens at the house mm. on Saturday. We had games, of course, Thursday and Friday. We had one last night, and it's been like the it's. This is why Labor Day is always my... Actually, it's
1: legitimately my favorite holiday. This is... Uh, favorite? Yes. We're talking Christmas. Yes. I mean, Halloween, it's okay. It's
0: because Labor Day is the one... Ever since they started doing the thing where you have five straight nights of football, mm-hmm. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So it's for like the football.
1: Nothing... Yeah, it's for the football. Because you know I have a qualm with, with Labor Day, right? Yeah, I know. I mean, we do this thing every year. It's yes. not a bit. It's a serious thing I have. I hate Labor Day. <laughs> yeah. It's stupid, though.
0: You're... Uh, well, look, you're... as. As anti anti communist as they come as they come. So of course he's against all labor movements. Look no I'm not. I just labor think...
1: anti yeah, you know? anti-union guy. Yeah. Big anti union guy over No, it's I, I just think it's stupid. Look, if you want to give everyone the day off, that's fine. Let's just name it something else. I don't get naming it Labor Day. But that's and the whole giving point. everyone the day off. No. It's not the whole point. It shouldn't be the whole point. It's it's stupid. You know what? If that's the whole point. I have an idea for a new holiday. Can I pitch a new holiday out yeah, there yeah, for the people who create holidays? Yep. It's going to be called National Health Awareness Day, and every individual is supposed to eat a chocolate cake. That's going to be National <laughs> Health Day. No, that's, that's not, the same thing as Labor Day. You're missing the point no. by like so much. No, the whole that, point is it's, new a, it's a
0: holiday for
1: the labor force where you don't have to work. Exactly. It's a ho- it's a holiday for the healthy where you get to eat entire chocolate cake.
0: Interesting. <laughs> I mean, look, you know, like, I'm trying to figure out because
1: you know how like
0: every there's not just like real Holidays, but like you always see trending on social media, like today's National Pancake Day or yeah. National Drinks Day. It's stupid, and so i of course I went to Google what is today's holiday. <clears throat> oh, and it just I, I said just, Labor Day because oh. we're both stupid. Um, <laughs> okay. But is, well, is there another? There is there things? another day? Yeah, there's got to be more days. Like uh, okay. uh, you know,
1: yeah, National I mean, Today. Yeah. So today is there's a lot of things. There's several days. Okay, right? here because, we go. Yeah, National
0: so, Read a Book Day.
1: Okay. Also, National Fight Procrastination
0: Day. Well, hold on. National Read of Book Day. There's six of them. What? I, West Indian Day Parade. I don't know what that is. And it's Rosh Hashanah, apparently, too. It's a Jewish New Year. I see on here
1: National Coffee Ice Cream Day. Yeah. I mean, I'm not well, a big I, fan of national or er, uh, coffee ice cream. I like coffee ice cream. I like coffee. I'm having coffee right now. That's so. Th- why you why don't you like coffee ice cream. ice cream? Well, the same three. It's I a good like flavor. Peanut butter cereal. It's good. Separate. Not together. Oh, I, I love like Reese's Puffs, dude. <laughs> Ooh, oh, yeah. Okay. Ooh. Reese's Puffs. Is actually, Sorry, okay. Yeah, yeah. okay. There we go. We've, yeah. we've
2: we've we've just put you in checkmate. Mm-hmm. So last Wednesday, it was National Coconut Day.
0: I mean, what is mm. that even? You can't even get coconuts <laughs> hey, big, more like anywhere in the United States, in the contiguous United States, can you? Besides Survivor the guy over here, you can get them on Survivor. Can you get? Can you get them? In, do they even have coconut trees in like California or like Florida, like I don't tropic know. regions? I'm Not sure. Hmm. Now they got a lot of palm Coconut trees. Day. I mean, what <laughs> is this? Coconut. How, what would I type in to look at a coconut map? Like co- where. <laughs> are, would, how about you just type in "Do coconuts grow in America"? Outside of Hawaii, of course. Because I feel like there's probably a few in
1: Hawaii. (laughs) I like coconut map better. Coconut map. (laughs) Classic Uh, coconut map. In the United States, coconut palms are only grown in the tropical region of Florida. Okay. Palms that appear in places like California and Arizona aren't coconut palms. Mm. So there you go. Fair Small place down uh, by where UCF just got a big win this last week. Big win for yeah. the the Golden Knights. That was what Friday night or Thursday night? Yeah, it was so long ago. Thursday night. So many Thursday games night. ago. Yeah,
0: great game. Yeah, look, we had a lot of great games, and uh, I think we should. The first one we should do is just Clemson Georgia because it was the marquee game of the weekend. It was the top five matchup, and despite the
1: score, it was a really like good entertaining game. Don't you feel? I mean, I thought it was yeah, an absolutely. awesome game. This whole idea of if you put up. If you don't put up, you know, 45 points in a game like that, it's boring. I love that kind of a game. I mean, I love it where yeah. both defenses are looking good. And you kind of mentioned before the show, that was sort of the theme of this first week is defenses, shutting down offenses, yeah. a lot of unders coming in. So many
0: unders. I especially love Especially on, on the game, games though. where I picked over, as it turns out.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> <Right>? uh <laughs> No, but that was great. And I mean... I learned a lot about both teams that game. A lot of good stuff for Georgia. Look, I'm, I'm not going to say Clemson' season's over. It's it's Clemson. It's Dabo Sweeney, but they didn't look as as good as I thought they would. Especially right. DJ Uyunglele nice, and Ryan. Nice. You were you they were out last week. Uh, I did my fake headlines. Yeah. Uh, did you listen to last week's I show? Did, I did. So did, what did you think of my uh, Rihanna? Hey, Mister. Hey, Mister DJ Uyunglele. So is that a was headline.
2: Uh, after you said that. That was in my
1: head all day. There we go. Yeah, I mean, mission accomplished.
2: Look, I I love the creativity. I just
0: don't think it works as a headline because you can't hit, you can't sing a headline on a newspaper. But you were also wrong about Kirby Dumb because Kirby yeah, Smart won. No kidding,
1: dude. Kirby really smart.
0: Kirby Smart. Kirby <laughs> Kirby super smart. Yeah, look, the Georgia. I, to me, the biggest thing is like Georgia's defensive line is the most stupid stacked impressive yeah, thing you've ever they seen. Really good, yeah. insane. Seven sacks. Uh, Clemson couldn't even run the ball. They had 23 carries for two yards on the game, wow. and by the way, 14 of those were were running plays from DJ Uiungala. So that means that Clemson only called 11, uh, or excuse me, nine like uh, running uh, run plays, like handoffs, right. Right? right? So they were like terrified to even run on Georgia's defensive line. And I think at this point, Georgia's defense is probably the best in the country. You know, we'll, we'll see how it shakes out. I
1: thought it was going to be opposite. I, I was telling one of my buddies who doesn't watch a lot of college football and those, the NFL watch this game because there's going to be a lot of NFL talent on the field. Yep. And I said, especially on the defensive side for Clemson, because yeah. that's how things were kind of advertised and, I mean, it was the opposite. Look, it's not like they're a bad team. It was 10-3, for God's sakes. You know, it was was a close game.
0: Yeah, and the only touchdown came from a pick Pick six. six, So, like, Clemson, you weren't wrong about Clemson's defense. It was very good. Right. Now, that being said, like, I think we're going to find out more about these teams as the year goes on to know, like, was this truly just, like, two of the greatest defenses? Or are both offenses going to struggle? You know, Georgia, their defense may be, like, the best in the country. Who knows? But... Frankly, they're not going to beat Alabama with three offensive points in a pick six no. when that when that game comes up if they go to the SEC championship game. But you so wonder they got to I mean, kind of figure some things out on offense. JT Daniels wasn't exactly super impressive, and you kind of called that.
1: But first game of the season, and you know you wonder is Clemson going to be in a spot where they can be one of those elite teams? I mean, this could be a season where Clemson is the tenth, eleventh, twelfth best team. I'm not sure because they didn't look that dominant. Again, it was right. only ten three. I don't want to overreact here but right i mean G- georgia right now clearly looks like the better team between those two. Oh, for it's sure. It's week 1. It's yeah. early, but uh i think georgia looked really really good.
0: Yeah, and you know what with Clemson it, it is interesting because even though at this point i think m- most people are, will expect them to kind of just run the table from here and, and through the ACC, but like this one might stick out when we come down to like the, picking the final four, even if they are 12 and 1 or 13 and 1 and win the ACC because they're not going to have a lot of they don't have anyone else in their schedule it okay. might be
1: like a super respectful win. If that's the case, 10-3 is still good enough because defense showed up. It wasn't 38-3 or even 23-3. I don't know, man. 10-3, that doesn't look that bad. Because especially with like, you know, the ACC
0: didn't exactly have a good showing the whole week. But it's so, so circumstantial, who, Who's their best win going to be? And so if it comes down to a 12-1, and you know, uh, Clemson... And let's just say whatever for argument's sake. 12 and 0, 13 and 0 Cincinnati? Okay. I don't know,
1: man. I really don't know who the who they would put in at that point. Probably Clemson. But. And it's again, this is very circumstantial. It, right. it there's a lot that's going to happen between now and then, but based on what's happened right now and this is uh, pro football focus uh college, they have a current uh, projection uh ratings. Yeah. So right now to make the college football playoff, Alabama and Clemson are both exactly 58%. Even still. And, and so keep in mind, you know, this and Ryan, that may seem like a low percentage for someone like you. Maybe not. I don't want to talk for you, but 58% seems low to a lot of people, you know, because it's Alabama. It's like, wait a minute, shouldn't that be 90%? But yet, Alabama! There you go. But you got to factor in a lot of other teams, Georgia, Oklahoma, A&M, uh, Florida, Notre Dame, you know, so there are teams who do have 5% here, 6% here that chip away. But right now, Will, to get into the college ball playoff, Clemson's still good of a shot as anybody. So you're right, for sure. But but and I think what you're saying is more circumstantial towards the end of the season if certain things have happened. But right now, if Clemson goes undefeated, I I, I think the committee's proven in the past they're going to let you in if you've done it before. If you have the name, if you have that kind of you know na- that brand name, they'll do it. They showed it the first. Year this ever existed with well, so Ohio I, State, yeah, right, yeah, over uh TCU and Baylor. So, yeah. look, I just think at the end of the day, if Cincinnati has a very similar resume and that's Clemson's only loss, you know, I, I think they would still get in. So. You're
0: probably right, it's I, I just worry that it may hold them back, especially since it looks like the ACC is just having a bad year. I All mean, right. and, and just to transition there, uh, Virginia Tech, North Carolina, holy shit, I mean, look, great win for the Hokies at home, yeah, we knew it would be a tough spot. But the Tar Heels looked like absolute trash, Yeah. like hot garbage. And and I saw a lot of people on Twitter and whatnot kind of ripping on Sam Howell. And frankly, I don't think he played that bad. I, to me, he had no help. He was hitting receivers and tight ends like in the hands, right in the numbers. Sometimes guys were dropping it. Guys weren't winning. You know, these are unproven uh, guys around him, and they were like not winning the battles against their you know their one on one battles against corners and safeties and whatnot. They were dropping passes. I didn't think Sam he had like one or uh, he had I think he ended up with two or three picks. Three and three of them was really
2: really bad. Yeah, but, that was
0: towards the end I think. Yeah, the, the, the other ones I really didn't think were were so much his fault. The offensive line wasn't protecting him. That the defense had zero energy and was just letting Virginia Tech do whatever they wanted the whole game. Virginia Tech dominated the time of possession and just kept running the ball. And, uh, you know, horrible way to start the season for North Carolina. But, I mean, man,
1: what a win for Justin Fuente and the Hokies. It was a huge win. And I think that's a sign of Virginia Tech's turning things around. But this is also, we always overreact. I yeah. mean, I feel like we try and do a good job on this show of not falling into that. But nationally, it's like everyone gets so excited about you know, uh, UNC, and I mean, you know, they win a couple games, and it's like, I don't know if they're a top 10 team. And we talked about this, you know, a couple weeks ago. Every year, there's several teams that fall out of the top 10 yep. and fall out of the top 25 to start the year in the top 10. I'm not saying Mac Brown's a bad coach. I don't want to go all the way on the other side, but good God, they look, look so unprepared. Super unprepared. And, and a lot of that's s- on the coaching staff.
0: Oh, for sure. And and he even said after the game, he was like, look, uh, you know, the hype wasn't real. Like, that was like the first thing he said in the postgame interview. He's like, he's like, the rankings
1: were bullshit, or the hype wasn't real, or something like that. Did you take that picture that you posted on Twitter?
0: Yeah, yeah. I, 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 paused, I paused the TV <laughs> and so posted funny. it. Is, it, is. I mean, it was right after I think like one of the game sealing interceptions towards it the is, end there, yeah. and Mac Brown looked like uh, it looked like he was melting. Yeah, dude, he looked <laughs> like he had been on like a seventy two hour like like bender of drinking and gambling or something. He looked he legitimately looked like a guy who. Is like having a stroke or something. He was not happy. His uh, a lot of people who bet on UNC were not very happy. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, look, uh, I I just couldn't believe they only scored ten points. And by the way, scoreless in the first half. That was the craziest part. And they didn't get the ball much in the first half. The Hokies were were just eating the clock, running the ball. But the Tar Heels didn't do anything with their opportunities. And you know, look, I will say, you're right, Tyler. We shouldn't overreact. There's going to be a lot of overreactions from week one. There always is. Um, but I think this Tar Heels team has a lot of room to improve, and I actually think they're going to be super dangerous going forward. Uh, to the Because, I mean, look, if they figure a few things out, if they figure out, you know, the receivers get a little better, the offense, the protection gets a little better on the offense, they can start running the ball better. You know, I, I think they're still going to be a very good team that could win nine or 10 games, yeah, but I, they got a lot of work
1: ahead I of mean, them. I mean, they do, but the question is why they come out and look like that. Right. And we got to stop saying this, but I want to put it out there again. It's only week one, right. not a lot of practice. These teams are going to change, but to go from where they were to where they need to be to rattle off those wins. It's a huge leap. So, I yeah. mean, you're right. They've got it in them. They have the talent, but they're going to have to fix things quickly. I mean, if there's a coach who can do it, Mac Brown, probably one of them, um, a and top 25 so coach, talent, our, you know, like, like yeah.
0: they, they've got the opportunity, but I, you know, I think a lot of it is just the hype factor. And we saw that too, with, with Oklahoma. It's like, if these guys, if these players read all year long, that like they're going to be a top five, top 10 team, mm-hmm. you know, people are picking Oklahoma to win it all. And Oklahoma came out, got like a twenty point lead on Tulane and then gave it all back and almost lost at the end. Wow, I mean To too,
1: Tulane. But I don't know. At home. <laughs> I don't know. Tulane, who knows? Maybe I, the Green on, Wave man. gonna have some things to say this year.
0: I mean look, they they definitely had, you know, some motivation factor with the hurricane and being you know, the game was supposed to be at Tulane. They move it to Norman. But to me it's just like, you know, uh Spencer Rattler looked terrible. He didn't yeah. play well at all. The you know the the defense played really poorly at the end there. And the the I think it was the quarterback for Tulane had like a 4th and 15 at the end, and he was just like a yard yeah. short to getting it and marching down the field to potentially win the game, and he ended up getting tackled like literally just a yard short.
1: But this is the thing. I mean, I think that there's going to be a lot of value coming up because so many teams looked bad, yeah. and I think they're going to be able to turn it around. OU, one of them. And look, for right. sure, that that's not OU. That's not their brand. That's not what they want to do. They wanted right. to come out and... You know, look what Alabama did to a number 19 Miami team, right? And then Oklahoma gets Tulane. It looks like that. So there's a big difference right now. For sure. Between uh, Alabama and the rest of the country, pretty much.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, the Bama machine is just absurd. So ridiculous. It's ridiculous. He loses players. He loses coaches. And it just keeps rolling. And, you know, look, I don't know if Miami – is a top 20 team, but they're good. They have a lot of talent. I think they're going to
1: be a very good team going forward, but like Alabama just was dog walking them the whole time. Yeah, I think you take that game if you're trying to handicap Miami and throw it out. For sure. Like, what are you supposed yeah, to yeah, do absolutely. with that information? You know? Yeah, no so, doubt. I think um, Miami's still going to be good this year, still. Yeah, for sure.
0: Uh, we had, I think it was the Friday night game. Oh, once again, I'm, I'm confusing the Thursday and Friday night games, but Ohio State, Minnesota. So this was a, a really good game. Ohio State came out. Didn't look good, you know. They got like a ten nothing lead. It looked like they were going to blow Minnesota out of the water. Then Minnesota Minnesota starts coming back. Uh, Muhammad Ibrahim, I hope I'm saying that right, was just tearing Ohio State up. He had uh, like two hundred, almost two hundred yards rushing before. It looked like he tore his Achilles. It was really uh, unfortunate. He's done for the year. It's yeah, already been confirmed. I hate to
1: see that. Yeah,
0: there were a few injuries like that this year and or, or this week. And so that's a real bummer because that guy is is like probably the best player on the offense and you know one of the better players in the whole team, and you know ended up costing them I think not having him out there. Ohio State gets the win by fourteen. They cover. There was a questionable targeting call, maybe or not. People were up in arms about
1: it. Well, they cover based on when you made your bet because the game was thirteen and a half for a long time. This is why it's important to get good numbers. It was thirteen and a half for a long time. It moved Good to 14. Call. Then it moved to 14 and a half. Yep. And then I think it closed around 14. So a lot, of people, a, push, right. a lot of people won. A lot of people tied. A lot of people lost, depending on when you bet. Can you imagine if For you got sure. 14 and a half? Oh, go, nah, yeah. That, that'd him. be
0: brutal. And uh. like the, the targeting call that people you know wanted. Look, I felt like the camera angle, you couldn't truly tell if he hit him like helmet to helmet. I, I kind of felt like the contact came to the Minnesota player's shoulder first. Um, you know, I don't love the call. I don't know what you want the defender to do right there because the wide receiver was, like, standing up and then went down really quickly as the tackle occurred. Really quick play, but he fumbles on that play, and Minnesota was driving at that point. If they had scored a
1: touchdown, they would have covered for sure. Right. So, you know, that play ended up being very consequential for the spread. Yeah. I mean, you're right. There's – it was close, but, I mean, that, that that's going to happen sometimes, you know. For I, w- sure. I want to be careful – and that's gonna happen a lot this year, where where there's plays like that and it's close to the spread. Yeah, and it's like you know he missed a field goal here, missed a drive here. It's gonna it, it, it's gonna come down to it. But you're right, they could have easily covered there. They're gonna be good too. I
0: mean, Ohio State. Yeah. Oh yeah,
1: for sure. Heck yeah, man. I mean, look, uh,
0: C.J. Stroud didn't even look like that great. You know, he didn't. He did, he looked good. But that's the thing,
1: Ohio State right now. I would put number two, right? I mean, this is just rough putting that out there. But so many other teams came out in Oklahoma, floating by... Ohio State, I'd say, once CJ kind of shook off, you know, whatever was bugging him in the first half, first, yeah. fr- first quarter. So I think Ohio State looked really good.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, like on Henderson, the true freshman running back,
1: had like a massive game. National Championship rem- rematch? Is that a hot take? I mean, I don't think it's a hot take. Bama and, uh, and Ohio, Ohio State? Yeah. I, don't,
0: I, don't th- I think it would probably be very similar to last year too, unfortunately. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I agree with you. Ohio State's d- defense has a lot of work to do, especially in like the linebacker area. They're a little thin there.
1: Well, well.
0: But, uh, you know, look, the the Big Ten, I don't know how good the Big Ten is going to be, but horrible weekend for the Pac-12 North especially and for the ACC. You look at just what happened. Oregon struggled against Fresno State. I know Fresno's not like the worst team in the world. They're pretty, actually pretty good, but still, with the talent Oregon has, they should be able to win that game a lot more. Washington loses to Montana yeah. 13-7. Okay, the so
1: Grizz. That's bad for me because Will and I have a bet board game. If a Pac-12 team gets to the Final Four... He's got Oregon. Oregon. I have Washington. Washington's out of it. So that, 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 yeah. there you go. They're Week done. one, they're done. Dude, Montana, it's an FCS program. <laughs> it's so...
0: I can't believe that happened. And at home, and look, Jimmy Lake might be in trouble. You know, this is why when we made that pick, the reason why I just didn't feel confident picking Washington despite all the signs, you know, that they were going to be good this year. And look, I, they can turn it around for sure. This isn't consequential. or the, You know, this game won't define their whole season potentially, but... You know, losing Chris Peterson and going to this guy, Jimmy Lake, who's Jimmy never Lake? been a head coach before. Right. You just never know what that's going to look like. And, you know, he had an interesting post-game presser. They were asking him questions. <laughs> to me, he just seems like a guy who might be a little bit in over his head. You ever see the Ricky Lake show?
2: No. Oh, yeah.
1: What channel is that on, Ryan? Who, was like oh, I don't know. It was Ricky Lake?
2: local. She was a talk show host. She was oh. like, she was like uh, Maury when we were kids. Oh, no way. She was like yeah. Maury before Maury.
0: Maury and Jerry Springer. and Yeah. You know the stuff you'd watch when you were eight years old and homesick from
1: school. Nineteen ninety three to two thousand two. Interesting. Yeah, Ricky, Ricky Lake, Lake, man, go check it out. Maybe well, she's having yeah. Shout go. out. Yeah, go go spend. Uh... Maybe Jimmy
0: Lake needs to go on the show and you know <laughs> figure out some drama that's going on in his house. Uh, Jimmy Lake, but look, he does need to. More than it just out. Washington, Stanford. They lose to Kansas State, twenty four seven. David Shaw's kind of fallen off a lot. Oregon State loses to Purdue. Cal loses to Nevada. Utah State beat Washington State. That's the whole Pac twelve North right there. Really terrible. And then the ACC: Miami, North Carolina, Clemson, Georgia Tech, Florida State all lose. Now some of those. Florida State, I actually think was like a positive, even though they lost. They played really well against Notre Dame, but Georgia Tech got beat by like Northern Illinois. Uh, you know, North Carolina obviously got beat by Virginia Tech. Miami, um, Miami got beat by Alabama. So those aren't the worst things, but just not a good weekend overall for the ACC and the Pac-12.
1: No, not at all. I mean, you wonder if there's something to it or if it's just luck. I'm not sure. It's the alliance. I mean, it may be the alliance. It's already <laughs> ruining everything. Yeah, I'm not sure. We'll see how they bounce back these next couple weeks, but. Not good so far, for sure. And look, the Big Ten isn't like
0: that. I mean, the Penn State Wisconsin game was entertaining, but holy shit, I don't know if both those teams were really good or really bad. Right. It was ten ten to sixteen, a ton of turnovers in the red zone. I mean, uh, Wisconsin at home had like three drives that started like uh, they had three drives in the red zone that ended up with no points. Yeah, really bad showing for Paul Chris, who's who took the play calling uh, play calling duties back on offense. You know, I don't know. I I'm I'm worried about the The Big Ten having a year like last year where it's Ohio State and everyone else kind of sucks.
1: It's looking like that.
0: Yeah. Um, Sark. Sark. Sark at Texas. Sark. Dude, they Texas get the win. Is back. Texas the is Texas back? Let's look go to, it up. yeah. Go to the website. <laughs> Let's, <laughs> Let's see if Texas is back. They get a good win. Sark's first game. They cover the spread by uh, a good margin. They beat Louisiana thirty eight eighteen. Whoa!
1: Whoa! What? Whoa! This says nah. 10%. When we checked a couple of weeks ago, what was it? 50 or 60%? So this says for Texas football to truly be back, we must maintain 10 wins each season. Let's see how far. Huh. Yeah. So how did it now, go
0: down after beating the Let's see how Cajuns? far
1: all gas, no brakes can take us. This is pure science, so sure, blah, blah, blah. I mean, look, that's where we go to find out if Texas is back. We uh, go no, to no. istexasback.com. Exactly, and it's only 10% right now, so no, they're not back.
0: Maybe, you know what, maybe they're thinking 10 wins is back, and they just got one. That's how they're doing it, mm-hmm. so that's 10%. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, they look really well, good. The, the math, That's look at that. <laughs> yeah, on fire. I can do good math. Uh <laughs> Hudson Card looked really good. The run game was great. B. John Robinson was a beast. Yeah. I felt like the play calling was good. The, I like the a defense good, looked solid.
1: I like a good B. John on my sandwiches. Hey, a good John spread. <laughs> okay. I th- you were making the Dijon <laughs> we'll a joke. Sh- yeah, but I will I'm say that John. Yeah, the way that sentence
0: started, you said I like a good B. John. it sounded <laughs> oh, like you said I like a beach. Whoa, whoa. I, you know, okay, let's look. keep
1: this classy for the kids out there. Yeah,
0: for all those kids. Shout out the kids listening.
1: Um, trying to make a food joke over here. A little B. <laughs> (laughs) John look at what you know we don't want to overreact
0: week one Oklahoma not looking so good against uh, Tulane Texas looks good. I would say their chances of winning the Big 12 just went up a little bit. I don't want to overreact a lot, but they actually look very dangerous. Texas, the uh, yeah, Longhorns. For sure, especially with Iowa State looking how they did. Yeah. Speaking of which,
2: uh,
1: Iowa Matt State. Campbell.
0: Okay, here's the thing, though. Tyler's right. I was so
2: excited for this. <laughs>
0: However, <laughs> if you look at their last like three years, they always start slow. They lost to Louisiana last year and then turned things around. We're a very good team at the end. Uh, mm-hmm. They also struggled against, I think it was Northern Iowa again, Last year, the year before that, they are, they're a team that starts slow. You know, they did get the win. <laughs> they got the win sixteen ten against Northern Iowa. But I'm telling you, this team starts slow, and then okay. by week four, week five, they're really cooking. Uh, they must
1: be a top five overall team. Then we'll wait and see. <laughs> I mean, I they got know. Iowa <laughs> next week. That's yeah, right. Big they game. do. They do. Big game, and uh, may end up on the bedboard. I, you know what? It
0: very well may. <laughs> we'll we'll see where we go. We got some picks to give out later in the show, of oh, course. We yeah, got picks. Uh, we talked about Central picks. Florida, Boise State. That was a really good game. Huge win for Gus Malzahn, who looks like he's having the time of his life. I saw him giving an interview in a Hawaiian shirt. I mean, to go from <laughs> Auburn, where you're just stressing 24-7 yeah. about beating Alabama, to UCF, where... You get like, you know, a couple marquee games and then you can compete for the AAC. I think he's just loving life right now in yeah, Orlando. For sure. It
1: looks like he is.
0: Yeah. I got a question for you, Will. Yeah. Why do they call it the Bounce House? The Bounce House? Yeah. Is that what they call UCF Stadium? Uh huh. Because it's inflatable. <laughs> no, I, I, I have no idea. I don't know why they call it the Bounce Probably because. You know, people in Orlando... Yeah, it's cool. Look, Florida football fans get,
1: get wild. Bounce House became the stadium's nickname because the stadium vibrates and shakes when fans jump in unison, most notably when the song... Kerncraft four hundred by Zombie Nation is played. That's what? that's that's uh that's not a popular song. And <laughs> yeah. Craft four hundred. Kerncraft four hundred Kerncraft by Zombie Nation. I mean, I would want us to play it if we didn't get sued. But yeah, Zombie Nation has a lot <laughs> of lawyers on <laughs> retainer. That sounds very unsettling. It's named the Bounce House because it shakes and vibrates. Dude, I thought that when
2: I was looking at uh, Virginia Tech's intro and uh, at Camp Randall when they did jump around. Yeah. yeah. I I just. The infrastructure on these stadiums is so solid yeah. to have like, I mean, at Lane Stadium, what's that, over 100,000 people? Yeah, right. Jumping at the same time. I mean, you'd think these things would crumble. So it's called that because it's very unstable, apparently. <laughs> doesn't well, have a good
0: foundation. Yeah, I mean, look, I think it's cool when a stadium shakes. You know, you have to put your faith in engineers at that point. You have to put your faith in the, in the fine people from Vanderbilt and from Purdue that don't have uh-huh. good football teams, but they know how to build good structures, right, that are sound. And so, you know, a bounce house is
1: kind of cool. I'm into it. You watch your mouth with Purdue. Big win over Oregon State this weekend. Big win over Oregon State.
0: Vandy, not so much. Uh, They lost to East Tennessee State. I mean, now Vanderbilt is like the fourth best team in Tennessee. So, (laughs) not a good thing to lose to East Tennessee State. There were a lot of upsets this week. Charlotte beat Duke. Obviously, we talked about Montana beating Washington. Uh, UTSA, the Roadrunners, they took down Illinois after Illinois' big week one win over Nebraska. Uh, and Georgia Tech loses to Northern Illinois so you know look I think there's a lot of really good teams in that like second division or like those really group of five teams that are dangerous
1: yeah I think so too so it it was a good week one we're we're back like we said
0: oh I love off and running absolutely love now Tyler one of your favorites uh, Mike Leach how are we feeling about it now? Mississippi State almost Bleaks lost the to Louisiana leech. Tech. Hey, you know what?
1: Good teams get wins. That's what I always say. <laughs> he and, did get away uh, win. He got the win. It was close. It's not good when you're 17-point favorites and have to battle for the one-point win. So They're yeah. uh, no. back down by 20, man. Not a great look for Mississippi State.
0: All right. You think you're going to be betting them this weekend? We got that mm-hmm. uh, coming up here as a... Uh, I don't as a, as a uh, game we're gonna break down. I honestly, NC don't State know. at Mississippi State. I
1: don't think so. I Tower maybe. May, Tower maybe souring on Mike Leach. Maybe they they did. I mean, I have him here rated right, right the 19th best passing offense this past weekend. That's good, right?
0: I mean, it's. I don't know if it's that good if if your whole offense is passing because where are they they're like the 135th ranked running offense, right? That's a Mike Leach offense, man. Uh, I know, but the fact that they can't beat Louisiana Tech is not good or or can't beat them easily is not good. Trust the
2: process, Will.
0: I don't. I do not (laughs) trust. No, I
1: I have them 28th rushing efficiency last weekend. Or uh, not efficiency. This is just an overall team grade. Okay. I mean, how many times they run
0: the ball, I wonder? Couldn't have
1: been much. Uh, I'll try and find that. Okay. But either way, I mean, maybe we can talk about that. We're breaking this game down in a few minutes, but – I'm not as high on Mississippi State as I was for sure. And I'm okay. not going to start betting, you know, irrationally here. So we'll we'll see. Maybe we'll get into a few numbers breaking the game down. But they didn't look good. I mean, that's the good. thing is you want to make a statement. I, I'll talk quickly for 30 seconds about the CU Buffs. I know it's not a big national story or anything like that, but they came out against a Weak in-state opponent in Northern Colorado and didn't come out and blow him out. Didn't come out and take command early. And as a fan, I thought it was cause for concern. You know, so how much concern? That's to be a you know that's for a different topic, different show. But you want to see teams come out and make a statement, and when they don't, sometimes it's 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 it is concerning. So yeah, for sure. that's the case here.
0: <clears throat> Speaking of statements, Florida State. You know, look. They're going to be explosive. Mackenzie Milton, we saw, come in, kind of uh, make some big late rallies for them. I think he's going to end up taking the starting job away from, uh, what's his name? I think uh, he should have started. Jordan Travis. I, think I agree. he should have. I mean. Yeah, he looked really good. And just awesome to see for him, because the guy had like this horrible knee injury back in 2018. hasn't played in three years because his knee injury was so bad. Some doctors would say, had said, you'll never play football again. And for him to come out and it have was that so showing, cool. It was yeah. so
1: cool to see that. You
0: love that. Did you see Brian Kelly afterwards? Brian Kelly. He said, uh, I yeah, did that hear was, that. I was bad. I had
1: to go to Twitter <laughs> to see because I'm like, wait, did he just say that? He I said, it might I be in favor
0: have. of, uh, he, he said something about like He's uh, a big ex- fan of execution, big fan of execution. he said, might have to execute my players. <laughs> now, obviously he was joking and afterwards he clarified, I guess it's a famous quote from a former coach. I don't know his name that coached at Southern Cal and then in the NFL. And he said something about that, where an interviewer asked him, "How do you feel about execution with your players?" And he said, "I'm, I'm for it." And right. so Brian <laughs> Kelly was trying to channel that. I thought it was hilarious. But the first time I saw it, I was scrolling Instagram after that game, and I saw it. and I just belly laughed.
1: I, I thought it was, it was funny too. And I, yeah. this is—I don't want to get all bent out of shape about that. If you're gonna let that annoy you, I mean, what if he just did? What if, like, the,
0: the breaking news, like an hour from now, Brian Kelly, like. Mass executes his entire offensive line or something. Let's let's
1: take it to that level. (laughs) will? let's go there.
0: Well, look, when he's screaming on the sidelines and his face looks pretty unstable, he looks like he could do it. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, The last thing I want to talk about was really cool. I didn't watch the game, but I saw some highlights South Carolina. So they had some quarterback depth issues. They ended up having to start a grad assistant at quarterback. This guy, Zeb Nolan. Yeah, really cool. Yeah, he, he had played at Iowa State a few years ago and then transferred somewhere else. Yeah, I remember that name. But didn't really play much. Huh. And so then he became a grad assistant this year at South Carolina. They had some quarterback uh, injuries and maybe like a COVID guy too. So they just, uh, you know, COVID name guy. a grad assistant a player who still had el- eligibility. He came out. Played really well. South Carolina got the win. So shout out Zach. That's Nolan. awesome. Yeah, yeah sure. I didn't That's know you could
2: cool. do that with a grad assistant. Me neither. I there's, there's even a guy from CU who actually just got put back on the roster, Mustafa Johnson, uh-huh. who actually declared for the draft, and they got this special waiver to bring him back onto the roster. Okay, um, he has to serve like a suspension or something like that, but then then he'll be back. But I think it has to do if you hire agents or something like that.
0: Right. Okay. So I wonder if we could op- if this opens up the door. Just you know, thinking thinking out loud here can we get Tim Tebow back on a team because I think he's got eligibility you hire him as a grad assistant and then you have the other quarterbacks catch COVID and then all of a sudden he's balling out for you know the Colorado Buffaloes or someone like that right yeah, not a bad plan Heisman winner I mean it's a little Bring him sh- back a little shifty but I'm, I'm all for it yeah I mean look he uh, the guy needs a, a place to play football that's for sure so I'd like to see that
2: I mean we all have eligibility left
0: yeah, yeah, we can go back and play. It's <laughs> kind of like a the Bishop Sycamore <laughs> situation here. <laughs> yeah, the combine numbers won't help our chances, though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, we the had a combine. little bit of, of college football news, news. Uh, with the Big 12. So turns out that uh, BYU, Cincinnati, Central Florida, and Houston are officially applying for Big 12 membership, according to sources. But all that means is that the Big 12 is going to approve them because I don't think that Houston's going to announce it if the Big 12... You know, these teams aren't going to all announce at once if the Big 12 is going to turn them down. So those teams are going to end up joining the Big 12 you know, in a few years, I imagine.
1: And I want to know what you think about this. Is this, is this good for the Big 12? Is it, does it not yeah. really matter or no, what? I love it, man. I love these teams. I love the selections. I think they're going to be a really good addition. I mean, these football teams, like we talked about last week, doesn't take long. You get a good coach in there, they're going to start getting players who want to go play in the Big 12, want to play good football. Yep. And even BYU, I mean, they've gotten talented kids to go play before imagine now so this is the ticket for these schools i love more teams getting an opportunity and i hope that we're going towards more legislation and more changes because while i do think more teams is a good thing and more opportunities for teams like byu houston so on and so forth i do think like i've said before there should be multiple divisions and we're not going to go into that right now but um, well, I do want more teams, I think that changes need to happen. They will happen, I think, in the near future in terms of splitting this thing up, getting a couple trophies going, you know, whatever they mm. have to do. But um, I love it. I love that BYU is getting a shot.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, I think the the biggest win for the Big 12 here is Central Florida because they're yeah. a really good football program, have been now for like six years. And, you know, you hope that with Houston, Cincinnati, BYU... You know, a lot of those teams kind of have up and down years, but by joining the Big 12, it brings more legitimacy. Like you said, they can recruit better. The same thing happened with TCU when they joined from the Mountain West. Was Boise
1: in this conversation or not?
0: Uh, I mean, th- people always threw that name out there, but, but I don't they're think not the Big 12... One? I mean, I think the problem is that even though they're a clearly a very good football program and they belong from that standpoint, I don't think Boise has a massive market that the Big 12 is interested at all. Right. It doesn't help them make money.
1: So, so uh, it's UCF. Who else? Cincinnati, Cincinnati,
0: BYU, and Houston. Okay. And Houston's a perfect fit because they basically already yeah, play yeah. Big Twelve football.
1: You know, uh, Dana Holgerson We'll see if he lasts there. The only thing is UCF makes more sense for the ACC, but I don't know if they're even looking to expand because the so, Big Twelve yeah. has to fill those spots. Yeah, and but. UCF's
0: the best program there. You know, Cincinnati is kind of goofy geographically, and they definitely do not fit the mold as far as like football goes. To me, they're more of like a uh, you know an ACC or like a Big Ten team as far as feel, but You know they'll they'll adjust, and I mean they scored a shit ton of points in their game week one, so maybe they can learn to throw it around a little bit more. Um, So I think it's cool. Look, I think that if we can keep the Big Twelve alive, then it's a good thing. Hashtag and and limit, you know, uh, more conference realignment. You know that within, you know, kind of the big powerhouse programs. I just don't want the the giant mega super conference SEC that pulls all the good teams. I don't either. No, but
1: I think this is good. So yeah, for sure.
0: Um, All right, last week, boys. Uh, Smitty was not here. We did our playoff four of fast food, and we couldn't just like gl- gl- gloss over that. We had to know where you know Smitty's allegiance is live when it comes to fast food. Yes. So we gotta know. So we're gonna have Smitty give out his playoff four here. I love it. And, and then you know his uh, his just missed the cut as well. So Smitty. All right. So first of all.
2: <clears throat> oh, he's, I, he's getting ready
0: to do a whole thing i here. have to say he's gonna roast us well
1: Will,
2: i i i liked your list a lot very chicken centric it was a little
0: chicken <laughs> heavy but
1: uh, i i thought it was not good because will's his whole pro his whole thing for the whole evaluation was if this is the, these are the last four you get for the rest of your life yep so if nothing else is there you're gonna get sick of chicken after a week No, but then i go to culver's and <laughs> culver's
2: has everything uh, uh, ridiculous and then all i have to say to you tyler is where are the bodies dude with well, Arby's being number one, Arby's where are the bodies? I love Arby's. You are a I psychopath. Love Arby's. I love it. I, I was I was
1: telling him beef like, and cheddar <laughs> is the best sandwich available. Yeah, I'll get sick of, uh, chicken, a chicken, but American you will get sick of roast beef and cheddar. It, no, but because that's one of four, I got a good <laughs> layout. I got a good. Uh, you had a better variety. I'll give you that. I, I, I knew. I've known.
2: I've known Tyler love for twenty Arby's. years. Um, and I knew. I knew Arby's was going to be on that list. Oh. but I didn't know. It was gonna be number one. <laughs> like you're going through the list and I'm just listening at work and I'm like, I noticed you got to number one. I'm like, Shit, he didn't say Arby's yet. And I was like, Oh no, yep, he's gonna make one. it number one. And Will go. was so offended. <laughs> I right. was shocked. Anyway, so um so Tyler, you were right. Last week you said that uh, Taco Bell was gonna be on my list and that is my number four. Going south of the border, as they say. Think outside the <laughs> bun. <laughs> Think outside the bun. Fourth meal, right? Yes. Um So, yeah, I love Taco Bell. Uh, It's it's a solid menu, uh, lots of options. Uh, Number three, um, we're going to Popeye's. Um, Popeye's, love it. Popeye's is so good. That chicken sandwich. Mm. Love that chicken from Popeye's. (laughs) Um, So my top two... kind of kind of struggled with went back and forth on but number two i went good times i know it's kind of a local thing yes good times is Delicious. just so solid um great burgers fries they got the frozen cashew <laughs> fru- <laughs> um, but and no
1: then, one knows what that is ryan so we can't talk. i know about
2: good, good 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 times is is, is kind of uh, come to know, colorado maybe. and yeah. try good times yeah. you won't be disappointed and my number one which what's pride neither one of you guys mentioned is sonic
1: Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not a huge Sonic guy. Really? Yeah. Great, great burgers, great got, variety, yeah, huge menu yeah, for sure. Yeah, great burgers, a lot of got good drinks,
2: chili cheese conies. Yeah, and that that cherry limeade, man. That's well, gotta, see, that's a thing. If it's you incorporate thing, the limeades, it. the desserts. Here's
0: what I'll say about Sonic, though, and it's not like I really uh, strongly dislike them, but uh, I found this with Subway too. I know this is not the, that that's not the same category, but you know how like all Subway sandwiches end up tasting the same. <laughs> <Yeah>. Every Sonic. <laughs> item also had there's some like flavor that's in there. That's in every item. I think it's like the breads or like there's some yeah. smell. There's <laughs> yeah. a smell that's stuck to all the food. I think it's so onions. It, you think it's what
2: On- onions? Oh,
0: onion. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I don't, don't know. know. I, I, I like what an mean? onion. That's the thing. <laughs> like to me, onion. it's more like there's a sonic taste. Yeah, and I don't want, I'm not a big fan of whatever that Sonic taste is and if you're going to go with Sonic like I, that's where I go Jack in the box
1: instead because okay. it's equally giant menu, okay. but I think I prefer it a little bit, but I mean it's yeah. a respectable list. I, I talked yeah. to a lot of people and everyone who I talked to uh, whether they listen to the show or not a lot of people had Taco about on the list. It was like 75% yeah. of people had Taco about on there. Well,
2: and then my uh, my one that missed the cut was Burger King. Oh no! I love, I love me a whopper. That's just like Arby's for me. <laughs> <No> Gross! <way. sighs> How can you take Burger over Wendy's?
0: You know, yeah. they don't cut corners. That's why the the patties they are square. <laughs> yeah, but say. Can, it's, it's a it's the flame broiled patty, Edwards, dude. Or Edwards, dude, or whatever. Flame broiled patty. What's his patty. name? Dave Thomas. That's what it is. Yeah, Dave. Go. <laughs> I call him <laughs> Dave, Dave Edwards. Dave Edwards. Whatever. I don't know. You know, you <laughs> he think created Wendy's. I just. Yeah, I mean, look, it's a it's a good list. This is interesting to know, though, where everyone's allegiances lie as far mm-hmm. as fast food yeah. what, what was
1: the last fast food you had well i went to uh uh good times after we talked about this because i was hungry yeah. i also went to arby's and got some breakfast at McDonald's. i've been hitting a lot of fast Jeez. food recently because the this conversation yeah. i actually
2: had taco bell today
1: yeah today
2: <laughs> yeah. shout yeah. out t-bell I was, getting, I was getting my list ready and i was like hmm. i had
0: good. a uh, junior bacon cheeseburger at wendy's this week and so okay, JBC. That's, a, that's a great value meal look The truth is that if one of these restaurants wants to sponsor us, then they'll be number one on all of our lists. (laughs) Exactly. I don't care if it's Arby's. I don't care whoever. I'll be the biggest Arby's guy in the world. Just sponsor us. So shout out Arby's, Taco Bell, Burger King. Shout out fast food. Yeah, sponsor college football tailgate, and uh, and you'll be number one on our list for sure. Nice job, Will. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. Uh, All right, we do have some best bets to get into here. We're going to break down some games. But, Tyler, first we need to talk about BetUS.
1: BetUS, best uh, best friend of the show, could we say? One of the Absolutely. best friends of the show? Yeah. Uh, we just talked about Taco Bell, Burger King, someone hopping on. BetUS hopped on, and we <laughs> love them. Yep. Uh, go sign up. If you guys are looking to bet some of these games we're talking about, uh, whether it's today or any week coming up, betus.com, and use promo code TAILGATE. That's how we get a little bit of credit for sending you guys over there. It helps us out, and it'll help you out get 125% sign up bonus. You put in a hundred bucks before you know it, you've got 200 in your account with 25 in the casino to play with. A little blackjack, roulette, whatever. But most of the money in the sports betting account, you put in a hundred, get a hundred back. So they'll match it. It's a lot of fun. Bet on any game, like I said, that we're talking about, player props, over-unders, And uh, we just recommend sending you guys there. And look, if you're already part of a sports book, you you like DraftKings or FanDuel, whatever, that's awesome. We recommend having other sports books to go check out the prices because sometimes you're going to find a team for minus 6.5 on BetUS. And on other sites, they'll be minus 7, minus 7.5. So do yourself a favor, start winning more money, shopping around, and uh, having a better time betting at BetUS online, BetUS.com, promo code TAILGATE.
0: Yeah. And not just for shopping lines. I mean, look, if you're in Texas right now, you can't use uh, any of the the sports books that are now legal in the various states across the country. Right. That's when you want to go to BetUS because you can bet with them. The cash outs are easy. You know, it's a good thing to do. So check them out. Use our promo code tailgate. Absolutely. All and right. You can, you can bet. Yeah. any of these games. We're going to talk about. That's right. We're going to break down some games now. Week two. Interesting. It doesn't have quite as many uh, top shelf matchups, I feel like, as we had week one. But we got some good ones here, some really interesting lines. So, Top shelf. Tyler, we'll start with Thursday night. Or excuse me, I'm looking at uh, last week's notes. Uh, there's no, there's no good Thursday night game. Saturday, Oregon at Ohio State. Mm. This is probably the biggest matchup of the week. C- or Ohio State currently 14 point favorite at home, and this is interesting to me, Tyler, because the line we saw of Ohio State on the road against Minnesota was 14 as well. Mm-hmm. Now they come home, and it's basically the same line. And you know that's interesting because. I think everyone you know, would at least initially say, well, Oregon's way better than
1: Minnesota. I've got them 10 points better. And so is that what a home field advantage really is worth for Ohio State here? I mean, so let's think about it. So they were minus 14 on the road, so now they come home. Look, and so if they're minus 14 at home against uh, uh, Oregon, that means they're 17 points better than Oregon. So, I mean... Look, I think the market has upgraded Ohio State a little bit, but it doesn't look like they've done a, a whole lot to the Ducks. Right. And so that's the question. I mean, do you think they're going to be worse? Big injury last week, right? But their best defensive player goes out. Kayvon Thibodeau. Yeah, Kayvon uh, Thibodeau. You think he's related to Tom Thibodeau? And, uh, I do not. Uh, highly doubt it. They okay. don't exactly have the same features, <laughs> I would say. That's a big deal, though. They had a lot of that defense planned around what he can do. I mean, For that, sure. Uh, look, sometimes... And looking down at the player grades, because we got player grades for every single player on their defense, he clearly stood out when he played, right? Yeah. So that's going to be a big deal. The question is, can they replace him? Can they get pressure? But Ohio State, still, once they got going last week, I thought we saw they got better every quarter, okay? So I think compared to what we saw last week, the ceiling's a lot higher this week for a team like Ohio State. So this number's really interesting because. I think there's a lot of variance in what we could see. And I think Ohio State could score a lot of points. Can Oregon keep up? That's a question. You mentioned it, though, Will. Not an impressive first week for him at all. No,
0: not at all. Right. And look, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau, we don't know for sure if he is out. He's, they're listing him as day to day, but he was in a boot after the game. Um, you know, we know how, how much of an impact a pass rusher can have on a game. If you're an Ohio State fan, you know that because you've had a million of them. Right. And, you know, this guy was having a huge game against Fresno before he got hurt. He had already had a sack, I think, a forced fumble. Uh, you know, he was he was having a huge impact on the game, and you look at, you know, a, a new quarterback at C.J. Stroud. Having a guy like that that you always have to have in the back of your mind is a big deal. And so, if he's
1: out, that's worth a you know that's worth a lot to me to know that. I think it is too. And, and C.J. Stroud, like I said, he looked better and better. Um, o- Oregon's got a lot, but I love these games. By the way, I love these early games, right. cross matchups that you're getting, but you know I don't know I just think that Oregon right now has a lot to prove on the defensive line and they're going to have a tough time I think getting pressure on Ohio State. If they can get pressure with those four, it's it's going to be a whole different game, but they're going to have to switch things up, bring their linebackers, bring safeties down, and that's really going to open things up. So, you know, this isn't a game where I you know, I see plus 14 and I always kind of lean at least initially. Okay, plus 14, do we have any value here? Ohio State could score a lot of points this game.
0: Yeah, for sure. And look, you know, Stroud wasn't perfect, but he had a really good run game to go with him. Uh, You know, Tra- Travion Henderson, uh, Master Teague. I mean, Ohio State's got like three Master really good Teague. running backs, and they were able to run the ball really well against Minnesota. Now, Oregon's not Minnesota, but without no cave on Thibodeau. I mean, look, Oregon was able to run the ball very well, which – should be Ohio State's main concern because Minnesota and Muhammad Ibrahim were able to gash Ohio State on the ground a couple of right, times. Right. And so, But the thing that just worries me is Anthony Brown, the quarterback for, for Oregon, he did not impress me much. They have a spoil of riches and talent, but is this going to be... Look, I felt like when uh, Justin Herbert, who's now in the nfl was he rookie of the year in the nfl last year
2: uh, yes he was yeah.
0: yeah he was great in the nfl and i felt like in oregon he was underwhelming he he clearly showed potential but he never had those takeover games and this is what worries me a little bit about uh you know what a job uh help me with oregon's head coach i can't mario think. Cristobal. Cristobal. thank you uh you know is he kind of wasting some of this talent they have so much talent oregon's probably the most talented team in the whole pac 12 right and yet you don't see it that well on offense especially you know, you do wonder though how much each team was looking past week 1 to this big matchup Oregon especially.
1: And that's the thing is a lot of times these teams do look ahead and you wonder what were they calling certain things or looking ahead to next week's matchup because you do want to at least show as little as you can going week by week. But, you know, or or Oregon still there's a lot of question marks, so.
0: For sure, and look, you know, on the road at Minnesota with a new quarterback and a, a bunch of new offensive players for Ohio State. That's a really tough environment, and they still showed out. They covered the spread. They won. Oregon at home against Fresno State struggling. You know, Those are things that concern me, and ultimately I look at Ohio State is at home there. You look historically, Ohio State and home openers, they win, and they win really big. And so this number is at 14. I think right now I'm probably willing to lay those points down and take the Buckeyes to cover 14, and if it drops to 13.5, I'm jumping all over it, to be honest with you. So, yeah. I think ultimately that's where my, you know, the, the bet that I'm going to make is Ohio State to cover. I
1: think so, too. Again, this all comes down to me. Can they get to the quarterback? Looking at these player ratings last week, I mean, 75 is a good rating, what you want in this system. They had three players above that, and one of them was Thibodeau. The other one had three snaps. So, uh, Brandon uh, Dorius. Uh, defensive end. Look, he it, it, I, I guess remember that name because if he goes off, this could ruin the handicap that I have. Yeah, But I just don't think they're going to be able to get pressure and that is going to allow Ohio State to dictate pace. They want to come out and it's not like they don't want margin and that's a big deal early in the season. Coaches like Ryan Day For sure. want margin against these kind of teams, especially last week when Minnesota made things look close because, Will, a lot of times I don't agree with the idea of a coach wants to come out and look good, therefore he will. But with Ryan Day, he kinda has that luxury sometimes to For where he sure. can keep his foot on the gas. So I like fourteen as well. Um, I'm not rushing to bet it or anything like that, but but I agree with you. I like the fourteen.
0: And one thing to keep in mind, even if, let's say Thibodeau ends up playing and he you know, he's he's healthy enough to, to suit up. Ohio State's strong points in the offensive line are their two tackle spots. Right. So even if he is playing, you know that's a that's a good matchup for Ohio State even against a guy like Kayvon Thibodeau and this other edge rusher. And so if he doesn't play, it's especially you know not a good thing for Oregon. But even still, I kind of feel like it's an advantage to Ohio State.
1: I do too. You know, you start looking at all these little ways where Ohio State's going to have the the edge, and it's funny after a whole off season of not watching football. You kind of, it ta- it's like, oh, okay, yeah, you know, th- this is a four-quarter game. It takes a long time to win these games, you know. Early leads are lost. Things yep. change. You got to keep momentum up. I mean, look at the Notre Dame-Florida State game last night. For sure. It looked completely different the last quarter than it did the first three. So yep. it's about the entire game. So my point there is, when Ohio State has these little edges here, little edges there, I think 14 enough uh to, for me to feel good about that so
0: can't wait for the game though
1: yeah for sure it's gonna be a good game
0: the other uh, big matchup we got here iowa at iowa state is there a name for this matchup Do they, does that rivalry have a name let's see here Can we figure battle that out of the birds battle of the birds <laughs> yeah hawkeyes versus cyclones it should be the battle of the birds <laughs> the as they call it um iowa state currently a three and a half point favorite at home the game is in ames iowa Now, the Cyclones... It's called the Cyhawk Trophy. The Cyhawk. I knew that. That's stupid. Yeah. Great name, actually. Cyhawk. Cyclones. You know, Hawkeye. They should take more Um, games like that and meld meld the two mascots, you know? Dunder Mifflinfinity. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Um, Cyclones. Look, we mentioned it earlier in the show. They played like shit week one, but they always they played like shit week one. Sometimes I love wills analysis. They did. They really did. <laughs> yeah. against No. They, yeah. And this isn't like a, to tear down Northern Iowa. I actually think they're a pretty decent program, but like Iowa state should be way better than them. And unfortunately they start slow a lot. Now they didn't lose. They lost last year to Louisiana and then got things going. At least they got the win, but they did not start slow. Iowa. On the other hand, they looked really good. At this point, they actually might be my favorite to win the Big Ten West, especially after seeing Wisconsin struggle against uh, Penn State. Right. I- Iowa came out and destroyed Indiana. And that thing was over immediately. They had a pick six and a touchdown really quickly, and that game was absolutely over. Now, both these teams, they didn't ma- they didn't play last year. So this is interesting because of COVID. It's a big They deal. couldn't play last yeah. year. Two years ago, it was in Ames as well. And if you remember... There was basically a muffed punt at the end that cost Iowa State the chance to win the game. right? And so I think there's going to be a big revenge factor with this one.
1: I think so, too. I mean, that is a big deal they didn't play last year, the familiarity. Yep. Iowa State's gotten a lot better. And I think I don't actually give an a advantage either way because if Iowa saw them last year, I mean, Iowa State brought a lot of talent back this season, yeah. so they kind of have a blueprint what they're trying to do. But both these teams are really good, and I think Iowa is the underrated team here. Iowa sure. State is the overrated team here. So to me, that's the essence of betting. But um, yeah, I mean, we'll get into it more. But yeah, I mean, I think Iowa is a very good team.
0: I just wonder what this line would be had Iowa State like really dominated and played well, how we expected them against Northern it? Iowa. It's, it's three, three and a three half, and a half right, now. right now. And I know that the market is what the market is, but the public, you know, the public affect that. And I think that, you know, bookmakers tell her, you can help me out with this because you're the professional better. But if the public thinks Iowa State is going to be shitty, then won't that affect the line because they're trying to not just set the number exactly where it should be, but they're trying to set it so they get even action on both sides,
1: right? I mean, it's, it's, it's honestly different for every game, but they're not going to shade it too much towards the public money. If anything, they're going to shade it towards where they think the avalanche of money is going to come in. So if they think the the public's going to bet enough, then that is the case, but I'm not sure in a game like this. I mean, again, I think that if they thought the line was going to be maybe four right. and made it three and a half or something like that. It did open four and then yeah, moved to three and a then, half. But I don't think they're going to adjust a point or so, you know, okay. even a shade. And what, what's going to happen early is if some of the real good professional syndicates want to bet on Iowa or, or Iowa State, we'll know by Tuesday or Wednesday and if you guys are paying attention to the line and you see it move to either three or two and a half or up to four and a half five we'll know where the early money is coming but you know I just don't think that the the sports books of the market adjust that much in anticipation of public money I think right. that's kind of a little bit overblown
2: okay so I just had a quick question for you Tyler um what do rivalry games tend to do to betting lines
1: I mean Again, it, it, that that's not baked into the equation as much. It's just the natural line. What would it be? Maybe they shade it a little bit towards the home team, but generally, you get closer games in rivalry games. So it may yeah. bring that line down a little bit because they're, the familiarity, the history, it's a lot closer. So I'd say in general, maybe if it's going to be a touchdown, make it 6.5. Gotcha. Like Will said, maybe if it's going to be 4, maybe make it 3.5 because of the rivalry. And this is a good example because... When you get enough things building up like the rivalry in the home field and the, it, it it may add up to a half point here half point there the public money right yeah. this this stuff may add up but um, it's not usually as big of a deal as people think so Well it's a good thing you
0: brought up the rivalry because
1: I was one five straight
0: and six of the last seven but you look at the two the last two games that were played in Ames at at Iowa State Iowa State has lost both those games by a total of four points right. so it has been close recently while well, Matt Campbell's been there you know, to me, the biggest question is, can Iowa State run the ball in order to take the pressure off of Brock Purdy? Because Brock Purdy is very talented, but I don't know that if you know if the Cyclones can or excuse me if the Hawkeyes can take away the running game and isolate Brees Hall and get him out of the game I don't know the Brock Purdy is going to be the guy that can get you you know there to to win it for you and just take over the game right. and then can Iowa can they guard the two tight ends that Iowa State has as they use that they has is, that's brilliant um, <laughs> has is. that Iowa State has and they use so well they have two really good tight ends Charlie Kolar, uh there's another guy I forget his name but two really good tight ends in the passing game and can Iowa guard them look I, I do think that we might see a little bit of an overaction spot for these two teams. Iowa looks so good, Iowa State looks so bad. You know, to me, I do think Iowa State has a lot more talent, and I think that they're probably better coached. And I'm not willing to give up on Iowa State just yet. And because of the history of these games, Iowa State being at home, you know, I think I'm gonna take Iowa State to cover the spread three and a half. I think that they rebound from last week's performance and they look
1: really good, really sharp here. How similar do you think Iowa State's passing game and Indiana's passing game are? Because Michael Penix, and you know, the whole idea of Indiana this year is they'd have that explosive offense, right? Right. And they'd be able to throw the ball and do whatever they wanted. So, I mean, don't you think that offensively, Indiana is pretty similar? To Iowa State. To Iowa State? Uh, Yeah, you know, I, I think that the offensive line at...
0: At Iowa State is much better, and they have like one of the best running backs in the country. So I think that's what sets them apart. But you're right; the passing game is somewhat similar. I, I don't know that I would, you know, I think I would give Brock Purdy maybe a little nudge over uh, Michael Penix. But they also have better receivers in Indiana. Ty Freifogel's is better than in anyone Iowa State has a wide receiver, right. in my opinion. So it's an interesting thought I to mean, look at it that way.
1: Last year, so let's look back last year at the 2020 stats. Uh, Indiana was 43rd. In, in passing rating and let's see um iowa state was 35th okay so i mean they are pretty comparable you know i mean iowa state like you said small nudge you were right on there but but my, my whole point is iowa looked really good against whatever indiana was trying to do and you mentioned the stopping the run yeah it doesn't really i mean they look good last week against both i mean stopping the run stopping the pass the rushing defense they had five guys great above uh, 75, and it spread out. Right end, two linebackers, a cornerback, a, a, a so, de-tackle. What I would say about that, though, is that game
0: flow had a big effect, especially for Iowa versus Indiana, because Iowa jumped on them, and they were up 14 nothing instantly. That doesn't allow for Indiana to you know kind of set the run game uh, maybe the way they wanted to at the beginning of the game. I think at that point... They might be a little more desperate looking to throw the ball more to kind of get points and get back in that game. And so I wonder how game flow might affect that.
1: No, I mean, that's a good point. I just don't know if I want to pull the trigger here against Iowa State because you're right. Like the whole idea of Iowa looked great. Iowa State looked horrible. You know, I don't <laughs> I don't love betting into that because right. I'm betting with uh, the idea that we're not going to bounce back and get some sort of normalcy here. Um, I don't know if I love this. We'll come back at the end. Okay. and see if we want to... Because we're be making... A so for game. the audience, yeah. So we're switching to one bedboard board game a week this this uh, this year. And we're, so every show, we're going to start doing our kind of consensus best bet of the show. Um, and then we're going to start doing our bedboard board game of the show. Yep. So we'll have one where we're together, one where we're going each other, against each other. And then the rest of the games, we'll kind of give out, say whether we like them or not like them. And I uh, kind of take things that way. But I'll let you know at the end of the show if I like that. But I think you're right. I mean, game flow did have a lot to do with that if Indy, if it's close and Indiana has a chance to run the football, but then you could say, you know, come back and say, well, Indiana couldn't run the football because I would didn't let them, you know? Right. So it's not like, so let's come back and, and maybe make that our bet board game. Okay.
0: okay. Fair enough. Uh, next up here in Denver, Texas A&M traveling on the road. It is technically a neutral site game, but they're playing Colorado here in Denver at mile high instead of Boulder right now, Texas A&M, a 17 point favorite on the road. And, you know, we, we've talked about it in other games uh, you know, previously, other years. If you don't know, if you've never been to Colorado or anywhere high altitude, you may not understand how much of an effect that really has on games. There's a reason why the Broncos have always had such a, a good home field advantage in the NFL. And the altitude really matters. And so when you talk about a Texas A&M team that's going from close to sea level and College Station all the way up to a mile high. That is going to have a huge effect on the game. Now, where does that effect take place? Is that Are they going to be winded early in the game? Or are they going to be hot early and then maybe lose their stamina a little bit? They're a little more winded at the end of the game. That's where it's interesting to me. And look, we know that Texas A&M is going to be probably one of the best countries in the team this year. Colorado maybe... Didn't you guys mention didn't have uh, as great of a showing against Northern Colorado that you would have liked to have seen, especially offensively. So the question to me is, is CU going to be able
1: to score enough points to keep this game close as far as the spread goes? I mean, it's going to come down to CU's quarterback. He didn't look comfortable in the first week. And it's what we said earlier. How much of it was the coaching staff of Colorado not wanting to show anything against the UNC Bears, who no one's heard of? Uh, I think it could have been a lot of that, you know? But... It didn't look how you want to look. You want your team to come out and and blow the other team. But look, Texas A&M, it was, I think, 10-7 or something like that against Kent State at halftime. Yeah, they barely covered. Yeah, yeah. and then they came out and, and looked good in the second half and ended up getting somewhat of a similar result that Colorado got. So I don't think we can take that much from the first week, but one thing I can take is... It's not like Colorado looked amazing in, in, in the consensus is, oh, they're going to come out and look great against a and i A&M. Right. I'm scared. I mean, I think CU may come out and, and give up some points early. It may be a long day. So right. I don't have a lot of faith right now in what we're going to see. And that's not saying that you know, 17 points is not a lot of points, but A&M, one of the best teams in the country. We're talking on the level of potentially Alabama. CU's going to have to look a lot better than they did. So I don't know. A&M, they look good. Blocking, I mean pass blocking was improved throughout the game. I mean again, what I love about some of these grades is it looks through all the nonsense and through all the BS that we see on TV and it goes play by play and gets rid of all the fluff. And they had a lot of guys who had very, very good pass blocking games for A and M. That's gonna be one of the keys that you know, can see you get pressure and make that young backfield uncomfortable because A and M, like I said, good team I don't really have a huge lean either way with the okay. 17. Do you? I mean, do you like one team more than the other for the 17 points? What concerns me about uh, the
0: Buffaloes is that you guys don't, li- you know, obviously the the starting quarterback was not the guy who was slated to win at a fall camp, right? Probably not going to be him, no. And so the guy that uh, had an injury in fall camp and uh, JT remind- Shrout, JT Shrout, a lot of people thought this was the guy that's a little more athletic, a little more talented. He goes down. Now the guy who is your quarterback. You know, maybe isn't the guy that should have been leading the offense in the first place. And if you don't have a lot of confidence in him, what worries me is that the highlight of this offense is Jarek Broussard, the running back. He's extremely talented. He's very good. Texas A&M, at this point, with all their talent on defense, can make the whole game about, we're going to shut down Jarek Broussard, take him out of the game, and make this quarterback who, frankly, was likely going to be a backup, beat us through the air. And I don't know that they'll be able to do that. And that's what concerns me about... I I don't know that CU is going to be able to score more than 17 or even get to 20 points here and, yeah. and i think that that's that might be what they need
1: to cover this spread i don't have a lot of faith either i mean again you don't want to overreact to week one but i didn't see a whole lot that makes me say hey yeah one of the best defenses in the country now they are young texas a&m is yeah they, especially on offense yeah, New d- quarterback don't have a lot of guys who have played in altitude for a lot of their lives so yeah. that could be an impact but 17 points not a lot for me. I'd lean probably a and N a a little bit.
0: I think that's where I'm going to go. I think I'm going to take A&M minus 17 here. The, the line kind of was hovering there. At one point, it was 16 and a half. I think if you can get it 16 and a half, that's especially enticing. But I think ultimately I'm willing to lay that big number with the Aggies here just because I think that they're not going to have to do that much in order to, to kind of cover the spread here.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, I said lean A&M. My number has it with home field advantage, Colorado minus about 15 or, excuse Plus me, A&M, yeah. about minus 15. Okay. So I got them 18 points better.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, that that home field advantage is real, by the way. If you remember, I think it was last year or the year before that, Missouri went on the road early to Wyoming, which is actually a little bit higher in altitude than, than Denver is. And Missouri was kind of having a hot year that year. A lot of people thought they were going to be very good. And they ended up losing outright. They were like nine-point favorites on the road. Wyoming took them down at home. And the reason why is because that altitude really affected the Tigers. So... Uh-huh. I'm not going to be that surprised if this game ends up being close because of that because A&M just doesn't look like they're at full speed and full strength, but I'm not willing to – I'm not seeing enough in Colorado to be able to jump on that number there. No,
1: not at all, and, and their opponent didn't let us see enough, so For I sure. don't feel comfortable with that.
0: Okay, moving on. NC State at Mississippi State. We talked about this earlier. The Wolfpack, two-and-a-half-point favorites at Mississippi State going to Starkville, Stark Vegas, some people call Stark it Stark Vegas. Uh-oh. Um, look, this is really simple to me. I I really like Mike Leach and I think he's been very a very successful head coach, but I I don't trust him in this spot at Mississippi State until I see something. I've been I faded him a lot last year and it made me some money. <laughs> I I'm, I'm just going to continue to do that. I'm fading Mississippi State until they prove to me they can play up to expectations. You know they struggle against Louisiana Tech. Well, NC State's a good ACC team. That's a team that won what eight or nine games yeah. last year. Yeah. Um, they return all these guys. They have a strong defense. The second secondary will be tested. But I just don't. I don't know, Tower. Give me something where you know you give me confidence that Mississippi State can win by a field goal at home here.
1: No, I, I don't because their defense didn't look great last week, and that's the one thing Mike Leach doesn't have, his, doesn't have his hands in. Yeah, and so you got to. <laughs> like how I'm making, it's not about him. I'm giving him a bit of a pass. <laughs> I sound like an apologist here, but it d- does come down to defense. I mean, they scored enough to win last week and, and feel comfortable, but they gave up a whole bunch to Louisiana Tech. So that's my concern here. Can they keep their opponents the next couple of weeks off the board? I don't have a lot of faith. You know how much I like NC State. Yep. And I mean, looking back last year, NC State was good against the pass. I mean, they, let's see pulling it up here. Yeah, they're one of the Top teams in the ACC against the pass. Yeah, I think NC State this year bringing back all of those starters, a lot of experience. I, I don't feel confident about, <laughs> about taking leech here. Yeah, you know, this is two teams who I want to bet on. They're playing against each other. I don't. Uh, I don't want to touch this game.
0: I think if I was gonna, you know, make any bet towards Mississippi State, it would be early because even though NC State was good against the pass last year, no one in the ACC. Or the SEC has run the air raid like ever. And so, even though they're good against the past, it's a different kind of passing game than what Mike Leach runs. That air raid is new to basically everything west of the Rocky Mountains, you know, in Texas Tech. And so, or excuse me, east of the Rocky Mountains and east of Texas Tech. So I could see. So
1: you're taking Mississippi State this game? No, no, no.
0: I'm just saying that if I was gonna bet on them, I'd probably look at like a first quarter or first half. You know, maybe where they can the scripted plays go well. NC State is like kind of adjusting on the fly to the air raid, but then ultimately, I do think NC State will end up covering. It's one of my more favorite bets this week. Uh, I'm definitely taking NC State minus two and a half, but Mm -hmm. I, I think that there's a chance if Mississippi State is gonna have any, you know, high moment in the game, I think it's early.
1: I mean, I do too, but like I said, these are two teams who I've liked for a while. I talked about NC State bringing back all those guys, and I think they could be one of the surprise teams in the ACC. So I want to bet on Mississippi State, but this is not the game to do so, and I think there's a lot of ways this this could go defensively for NC State. I mean, Mississippi State could come away and and win this game by 21 points. I seriously think they could catch fire like we saw last year and, and run away with the game at the same time they could, you know, come out and look horrible so i think the volatility yeah. and look you could say tyler you could say that about any game no i think this game especially has a lot of volatility built into it so i don't like it much at all
0: okay uh i think both of us kind of side in there with nc State. yeah well That's,
1: a little bit I, I i lean with nc state okay. just just i love going. nc
0: state i'm mm-hmm. I, i'm putting on my love will category. loves it I loves I it
2: they, i think they have the best uniforms in college, nc state too.
0: yeah i loved the alternates they had on saturday Those, they had that the has. actual like cartoon wolf yeah. on the helmet looks sweet yeah. so good colors yeah good scheme i like it We'll stay in the SEC. We got Arkansas and SEC team going against future SEC team, Texas. So Texas going on the road to Arkansas, currently a six-and-a-half-point road favorite. Yeah. Longhorn's coming in. To me, this is all about the run game. You know, Does Texas have the, the boys up front to establish the run game with B. John Robinson in order to... Uh, you know, set up the passing game for Hudson Card, who we saw week one against Louisiana, not an easy opponent, and he looked very good, especially for a guy in his first start. He's a redshirt freshman. You know, they look tough. That being said, Arkansas wasn't an easy out for anyone last year. You know, they ended up almost beating Auburn. They they beat some, they upset some teams last year. It was a team that I actually liked betting a lot last year, Arkansas, especially as home underdogs. But, you know, this Texas team, I'm telling you, man, there's something something about them right now where I think they're going to be a team that could be really good, score a lot of points, and have
1: a chance at running the table in the Big 12. I love Texas this year. This is a spot where I want to bet them. I think Sarkeesian's going to keep doing what he did. I mean, he that's what you want your team to look like. Come yep. out, they look. everyone was on their marks, knew exactly what they were supposed to be. Sharp. Offense looked good, very sharp. So I think Texas right now has got a little bit of value behind them. They're going to look... They want to make a statement too. Heading into the SEC for sure, Sark wants to let everyone know he can coach. So no, I I love Texas man. Yeah, I love that point of he wants to prove that hey we belong in the
0: SEC and he's got familiarity with Arkansas. Arkansas is in the same division as as Alabama. He was right, the offensive right. coordinator there for what two or three years. Yeah, exactly. So, What's the line here by the way? Six and a half. Okay. Texas six and a half point favorite. So he's got familiarity with Arkansas with Sam Pittman's defense. Look, I really like Sam Pittman, and like I said, he's done a good job at getting the Hogs to play really hard against teams that are better than them, but Texas just has so much talent. They've always had this. Texas has always had more talent than almost every team they're playing, Yeah. but the other coaches were struggling to make that talent shine, and I know it's just one game, but I I just feel like with Texas, all they have to do is limit Arkansas to having a big, explosive offensive game here, and then Sark draws up a couple plays where they get big explosive passing plays or running plays, then I just see that happening in
1: order for them to win by a touchdown or more. You mentioned those rushing plays. I think that's going to be key here. I mean, Arkansas, when they had success last year stopping the run, it's because they brought their safeties last season, Miles Mason, Jalen Carlton, into the box. Yeah. And I think that if they're doing that, right, bringing their safeties in, trying to use their secondary Texas can burn him over the top. So this is where Sarkeesian is going to use that knowledge, use that experience. That's something we forget too. He's been around. He knows what he's doing, calling plays. I actually don't know if he is calling plays, but putting that offense together. yeah. Yeah. So I've got a lot of faith that he can exploit what Arkansas usually typically does to stop the rush And that, to me, is the main factor of this game. I think Texas can run the football, not too much to bleed the clock and make the six-and-a-half too many points. So we'll take uh, Texas minus six-and-a-half. I like it a lot.
0: Okay, cool. Moving on. Now we go to the Big Ten. Uh, Big Ten Pac-12 matchup. Washington going on the road at Michigan. Right now, Michigan a six-point home favorite. This has overreaction game written all over it, I got to say. Washington uh, maybe looking ahead to Michigan last week. I don't know. But Jimmy Lake... Uh, really struggled. Ricky Ricky Lake's just absolutely struggling. Washington loses to an FCS program at home week one. Now they go on the road to a Michigan team that looked really good, but against Western Michigan week one, right? Right. Um, Dylan Morris, the quarterback for Washington. I had my doubts about this guy before the season. He had zero touchdowns, three interceptions, and more concerning was Washington couldn't run the ball against Montana. That should be their bread and butter. They have all these offensive line guys coming back. The offensive coordinator, John Donovan, he's catching a lot of heat for that performance. And frankly, he hasn't had a lot of success from a play-calling standpoint in his recent career. You know, he was in Jacksonville for three years with the Jaguars before last year, and their offense was terrible. So, I don't know. I, th- this this game definitely has overreaction written all over it. This line was a lot closer before the season. I think it was Michigan by two or three, and now it jumps up to six, Tyler. I mean, where wh-
1: where, where, uh, where is it again?
0: The line right now?
1: No, no, no. The it's in Washington or Michigan? An-
0: Ann Arbor at Michigan.
1: See, but I, I that makes sense, man. I I think Michigan looked really good, and I know. Let's just let everyone know. Did you, did you mention that you're a Michigan lover? Will wears maize and blue every day. Michigan he wakes lover. up. He wakes yeah, up I'm singing a the fight fan. song. But look, I don't overhype him. I'm not. No, blind. absolutely not. You're you're actually. Uh, you go the other way, and you're very careful very not to go on. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: You're very down to earth as a Michigan fan. <laughs> <laughs> he
1: is. He's been burnt it's too easy many times. to be recently. <laughs> so you can let me do it for you. Michigan say that Michigan looked really good this last weekend. They C- did. is Cade McNamara?
0: Yes. Cade McNamara, so, the new starter. Yeah, he only threw the,
1: he only threw the ball eleven times or he only dropped back eleven times. I think he was nine for eleven. Yeah. He looked really good in those throws. I mean, they're going downfield. By the way, that's a good nine for eleven. And not that much to look at, right? So let's for be sure. careful. It was only eleven throws. Yep. But he the way he did it, okay? Again, he went downfield. Jim Harbaugh is asking him to throw complex routes. He's getting the ball out of his hands. By the way, uh, last week, any, every quarterback who threw at least, or excuse me, who dropped back at least 10 times. That was my kind of parameter I put in it. Uh, there were 40 quarterbacks or 40 people who dropped back 10 times last week. Of those 40, Cade McNamara, thirty eighth out of forty in term of in terms of time to throw. So he's getting rid of the ball. He's fast. He's getting rid of the ball fast. He's getting pressured. He didn't get sacked. But no. like Jim Harbaugh, that tells me he's drawing up plays. He's improved this offense. It's all good things for Michigan. When you look deep in the stats, when you look behind the scenes, what's going on? Extremely. Uh, I, I I'm I'm bearish on, or excuse me, I'm very bullish on on the. Michigan Wolverines right now. Yeah, I mean... Everything tells me they're doing it the right way. For sure. Offense look good. And so, that's what I want to bet on. And and we said, there's so many teams out there week one that didn't look good. And they come out and and you have question marks. And it's like, was it week one? Was it... Michigan looked like Jim Harbaugh is coaching for his job. Everyone looked really good and and, and we know they can run the football we know they can play defense it to me and correct me if i'm wrong it always comes down with michigan to can they be efficient in the passing game what we saw so far cade mcnamara absolutely was i loved what i saw out of michigan i'll take michigan minus the six and uh it's not a game that I'm screaming from the rooftops to bet, but I do think we have value, value with Michigan. So
0: Yeah, look, I mean, Cade McNamara, the thing that I like the most about him, he doesn't have the biggest arm, um, but he's got great command of the offense, and you're right, he gets the ball out quick and he's decisive. He, knows, he, he makes the right decision more often than not, and that's something that even though other Michigan quarterbacks have been more talented, they've lacked that. They haven't known where the open guy will be. I think he's better at reading defenses and, and doing the stuff that some of these recent guys haven't been able to. And, you know, look... Their offensive line is still a little bit of a question mark. A lot of these guys have some game experience, but not a ton of starting experience. They, they kind of are saying that they're they're deep at the offensive line with guys they really like, but I don't know how much experience they have. That's a big question mark, but it helps that he's getting rid of the ball early. They have three really good running backs with Hassan Haskins, Blake Corum, and now Donovan Edwards. Uh, Corum got a touchdown early. He's returning kicks. Here's a, here's the problem, though. Their, their captain on offense, their best wide receiver, Ronnie Bell, had a huge game early against Western, right? He went out and had a uh, a couple big catches. He had a touchdown catch that was like a, I think a 50 yard throw. And then he was returning punts, and on a big punt return where he got like 30 yards, tears his ACL. He's done for the oh, year. Okay, that's so, bad. That's okay. a bad thing. However, they have a lot of weapons. The wide receiver group is inexperienced, but it's it, these guys are all high recruits. They've you know some of these guys, Cornelius Johnson, has played a lot. Um, Mike Sainristol has played played a lot, but now we're going to be looking at relying on guys like Roman Wilson and maybe AJ Henning. Some of these guys that, that don't have as much experience because Ronnie Bell is not there anymore. That does concern me. And you talked about the defense tower. Michigan's passing defense is a little suspect. Last year, I know it's a COVID year, whatever. Take, take whatever you want from that. Their passing defense is a little suspect. You know, early on in the game, I felt like Western was taking advantage of that. They did settle in. It's a new defensive coordinator this year. Uh, I think he's good, but, you know, it, I don't know. It, it worries me a little bit. I will say, though, that the major difference I'm seeing between these two teams right now is confidence. You know, where are the Huskies' players at, uh, heads at, after losing to Montana at home? Where's Jimmy Lake's head at? And then you look at Michigan, Lake. they're they're, <laughs> they're playing with confidence. Uh, Jim Harbaugh does know he's coaching for his job, and they're saying the right things. After they beat, you know, the, the breaks off of Western, they're coming out and saying, we haven't done anything yet. Whereas a lot of times... In the la- in recent years that with Harbaugh's team is these players these coaches feel like you know we should be competing for championships and they're and they're not kind of they're, they're acting like they've they're already there and they've done it whereas now they're saying look we haven't accomplished anything we're not satisfied with how we play it against Western and we know we have a big opponent in Washington coming up I mean
1: and it's about Washington too because they come out with that loss they could ha- they had high expectations this season yeah so now after that you don't know I mean they could completely Crumble. I wouldn't think so, but you mentioned the lack of experience with with the coaching staff at Washington. I think that's a big deal, and I'm not sure how they respond at all. So
0: I'm definitely leaning in Michigan with you. I think we're both on the same page there. Especially if it's under a touchdown, you know, I like that, but I, I am just worried about, like I said, this being an overreaction game with Michigan and Washington being on opposite sides. So that's the only thing that concerns me.
1: I mean, I'm looking right now. I know you mentioned that you know Michigan's uh, secondary is a concern. I don't see. I see Michigan looking pretty. I, I don't see anything concerning. And honestly, if you look at the defensive grades for the first week, Michigan had a lot guys great uh, had guys grade a lot higher than Washington. I think this Husky team has a lot of question marks that I didn't anticipate before. I mean, I had this yeah. as one of the surprise teams, and I think Michigan could be a surprise in the other direction. So I know I, I like Michigan this game, and uh, I think Jim Harbaugh comes out and does the same thing. They look efficient. K. McNamara gets the ball out of his hands and. We see him cover. So I'll take a minus six.
0: Okay, I will too. Uh Last game we got here, the Holy War. Utah going at BYU down south to Provo from Salt Lake. Currently a seven-point road favorite over the Cougars. Then this is the Holy
1: War. This is a real rivalry game, Tower. That number seems a little high to me. What do you think? I think it's right because the last three times that Utah has gone on the road and played BYU at BYU, combined score of the three games, 93 to 39. Wow. Which is about 31-13 on average. Utah's got no issue going playing there. They've got no issue matching up with BYU. This is a season where BYU, even though they look pretty decent week one, filling in so many different spots. And if you give me a team like Utah, a coach like Kyle Whittingham, time to prepare, this game means so much. They understand that, right? Whittingham's. it's not like... You know how we always say, week one, these coaches have had all season to get ready for week one. That's how it is for this whole, for the Holy War. So yep. I have a lot of faith that Utah can go on the road, cover that spread. Remember, this is part of one of the games of my three team teaser that I gave out preseason. That's right. For everyone who listened to the preseason shows, um, I gave out, and I think you can actually maybe make it. Still, it's a three-team teaser throughout the season. It was tonight's game, Ole Miss. That's right. Took him to minus one and a half. About to kick off. Yeah, about to kick off. Ole Miss to one and a half. I took Utah to minus one, and then my final game was Ohio State to minus three and a half against Michigan. So, um, <laughs> that should be pretty good. <laughs> well, and I can and I can potentially middle that game when we get there. But uh, my point is. That's one of my uh, teaser games I gave out early in the season. And yeah. It's finally here. So
0: Yeah, I mean, look, BYU, they they won against Arizona. They kind of struggled at some point. They let Arizona back in, and I know Arizona's got a new coaching staff, and they're feeling excited about the direction of the program. Arizona was a really bad team last year. Their last game of the year, last season, they lost, I think, 70-7. to <laughs> I mean, it really – they don't have a ton of talent, and BYU jumped on them early, but then Arizona got right back in and made that a game late. Um, I know that I said it is a big number – you know, you you mentioned that Kyle Whittingham does a good job going to BYU. I think that's a personal thing for him. He played at BYU. Uh, he's a Mormon guy, and I think that part of him is like, you should have hired me, but now I'm at you know, and now he. I mean, he's had opportunities. BYU would would hire him in a second if they could, but he's said it before. He's staying at Utah, and I think that 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 game means a lot to him. Um, I think that. Utah is just solid as always. They feel like they're the same team every year, regardless of who's a quarterback. They're really tough on defense, really well coached. So even though it is a big number, I think I'm siding with you here, Tower. I'm taking Utah minus seven.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of this comes down to BYU won't be able to run the football. You know, I think that the Cougars this year will have their success once they learn to throw. That's at least how they're built. And I don't think they can do that right now. So I think just from X's and O's, Utah is going to... They're, they're able to get humming and, and run the offense they want. Yeah. I don't think BYU coaches are necessarily able to do that right now. They're going to have to rely more on the run. Uh, Utah is going to anticipate that. So I don't see a lot of ways BYU can cover this. And and this is also based off preseason numbers. It's moved a little bit. I mean, what was this? A month and a half ago, Utah was minus six. Yeah. What are they now, minus seven? It's yep. moved a point. That's not enough of an adjustment for me, so... I like Utah a lot. This game minus yeah. seven, and uh, like it's one of my probably one of my favorite bets of the week. You know what I hope happens in this game? I don't know if it was last year or the year before that, but they played a
0: game. I think it was the one in BYU, so it would have been two years ago. And they played this game, and since you know Utah's colors are red, BYU's are blue, they both wore home jerseys. Oh yeah, that's it was cool. like, that's cool. all red versus all blue, I and it looked it. awesome. Yeah. And I we need to do that more. So I'm hoping they do the same thing. Um, but yeah, Holy War is like a big it. one. The Holy War. So the we got Holy
1: War. Do they do they pray the Holy War?
0: I'm I'm sure they do. Yeah. Mm. Um. I mean, but a very religious group Welcome of people. Welcome
1: into the Holy War. So we got to pick.
0: got to pick a best bet from us. Mm-hmm. We got to see if we have a bet board game. We need Smitty's pick of the week.
1: Yes. Uh, so we we, might, we
0: also might need Layla to do one. So Layla is 0 mm. yes. 1. Unfortunately, she picked the tennis ball that leaned towards Clemson last week for the Clemson Georgia game, <laughs> but you know I'm sure she's gonna rebound. Um, so we need Layla, the mascot, our our in-house studio dog. We'll
1: get her down here in a few minutes. So what, are we, what are we thinking for best bet? Uh, best bet, it sounded like we were both on the same side for Texas and then Alaska and Michigan. I like those two a lot. I don't want to overreact to those. Those both seem like reactionary games. You know, Michigan comes out so efficient. Right. Texas comes out looks so good, but I still think we have value on both of them and it's it's not to seven yet, which I like for both. All right. Do I, you I, like one over the other or do you have one that you like more that we kind of agreed on? I would, I mean, if I had, if, between those two,
0: I'd feel more comfortable taking Texas, I think. Texas okay. had Arkansas as opposed to Michigan versus Washington despite the Huskies' right. I, troubles. I do
1: too. You know, we, we, we talked about Arkansas' defensive line, their inability to really stop the run outside of using their safeties. And I think if they do that, which we've seen them do the last year and a half, I mean, that's been Arkansas's bread and butter. So pretty much for Arkansas to cover this, what they'd have to do is do something that we haven't seen them done do the last 15 games, which is get pressure on the running game, right? Pressure the running game with the front four and potentially the two or three linebackers they're using. They haven't been able to do that. So if they can all of a sudden against this Texas team who looks better, then this handicap might be off, but I don't think that's the case. I think that's a good bet. So, what is it? Six and a half. Six and a half. So that's our best bet. We'll that's take our Texas best si- six and a half. And then uh, the bet board game. Yeah. Iowa-, Iowa State, right? Iowa. Yeah. Are you willing to you're you're willing to jump on Iowa then? Plus three and a half. Yeah, I'll take it three and a half. Okay. We, we got our uh, bet board game. So we'll uh, that'll be our one bet board game of the week. Iowa uh, three and a half. I'll take Iowa State minus three. And You've got and Iowa home. State. Aims. I've got Iowa.
0: Matt Campbell. And uh, you know how it is. Yeah.
1: And 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 look, it, we'll we'll post on Twitter. You guys give us a follow. At CFB underscore pod, at CFB underscore pod. And uh, we'll post some other games that we, you know, end up really liking. Because things change between we rec- between the recording now yeah. and Thursday. You know, there's a couple things that change. So give us a follow. Uh, what do you think you'll post that on? Maybe like Thursday night or something like yeah, that? Yeah, something
0: right? like that. And so we need Smitty's pick the week,
2: too.
1: Smitty, yeah, Ryan, uh, what do you think? And I'll get Layla's pick, too, right now. Yeah.
2: All right. So um, I had. Um, for the listeners, uh, if you don't know, I know nothing about gambling. So, um, I went strictly on, uh, on, um, the eye test from what we saw on Saturday. Okay. Um, and I saw that, uh, Rutgers is a two point, f- uh, two point, uh, favorite against Syracuse. Love and, it, And, you know, I didn't, I didn't watch, uh, any of the, any of the Syracuse game, but they had to go to the Ohio university, um, didn't necessarily blow them out. But uh, but man, Rutgers look great, um, and I think uh, it's Greg Schiano, right? Yes, Is a head coach, the Schiano man, the Schiano man. Um, so the I think Joel. I think uh, Greg Schiano's great for the for the program, and I think he's uh, he's got them back on track.
0: All right, so Smitty's taking Rutgers minus two. I love that because what I was going to give it at the end here is my little square parlay, and I included that in that. So that, <laughs> that's a great
2: pick. his parlays. <laughs> yes. Right
0: now i give
1: your parlay. Okay.
0: Here's my here's my four my uh, fourteen parlay. And these are not games that we've uh, included in the in the breakdown. So if you throw you know $10, 15 dollars on this and all four go down, I love these. So I'll, I'm I'm with Smitty here. Rutgers minus two at Syracuse. TCU minus ten at home versus Cal. Cal struggled yeah. against uh, Nevada. I think TCU could score a lot of points on them, and Cal doesn't have the offense to keep up. South Carolina two point underdogs going at East Eastern Carolina. Wow, I know ECU has been like a tough team for a lot of you know uh, Power Five programs, but the Bucks. to me South Carolina is just a better team there. They got the grad assistant uh, quarterback. He might still be playing. I like them plus two on the road. Pitt minus three at Tennessee. Tennessee is a disaster. So that's my fourth one. <laughs> I like Pitt to cover that spread because I think Tennessee is just going to be a really bad Power Five team this year. So that's my parlay. Rutgers TCU. South Carolina and Pitt.
1: I love it. The the parlay that's sure to win.
2: Oh, every yeah. It's exactly. (laughs) It's gonna win every week, and you're gonna be a millionaire. We were. uh, I I went over to Will's house on Saturday to watch Week One, and it was it was awesome. I mean, Will's setup is is absolutely ridiculous. He just (laughs) just moved in, but there's like the only thing set up is the couch and the TVs, (laughs) (laughs) four screens maybe. So, um, but yeah, it, it was it was a lot of fun, and um. Just watching Will lose his mind over these parlays is... Yeah, dude. They're exciting. <laughs> it was Missouri. I'm going to start YouTube and that stuff, dude. Missouri so killed Instagram. me. Missouri's on my do not bet list forever now okay, because they fucked my parlay. Oh, yeah. 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 You get blacklisted if you if you screw up Will's parlays. <laughs> That's right.
0: That's right. Uh, uh, so uh, Layla's pitch. She's with us. She's with us on Uh, what? Texas. Okay. So she's picking Texas. Layla's taking Texas. At a girl. And we're on it. All right. Uh, That's going to be it for the show this week, guys. Tyler mentioned it. Follow us on Twitter at CFB underscore pod. Like and subscribe. Subscribe on uh, Apple. Follow on Spotify. And we'll see you next week, guys.